Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of the Comic Thoughts Podcast. Minus one thoughts. Today is episode 101. That's right, we are moving right past our uh, 100 episode milestone, slowly creeping to our two-year anniversary in the process. I am Connor and I am joined by the Raf Man. Oh my god, that's so good. Hey everyone. <laughs> I I am here. Um, I just want to clarify. Sam's not dead. He's not dead. He didn't. Oh no, no, he's he's not dead. He's um, he's just been called back to his home planet. They need to deal with some things. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's, um, he's been reconfigured. Yeah. Um, Rejiggered. He's yeah, been having some parts placed. Yeah. Make some upgrades. Build a Sam. Sam yeah. a figure. Sam a figure. Build build a Sam. Makes him sound like build. It doesn't sound like build a figure, but it sounds like build a bear when you say build a. Yeah, snake. it does. Yeah, they uh, take he, he's some of the stuffing that they put inside yeah, of him instead of like falling well. out. <laughs> it's it's fallen uh, out, so they have to restuff him. It was actually quite horrifying because he looked a bit deformed. His face was like so, sort of melting yeah. out. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't full anymore. He looked like it's a like, like an empty pillow I gave him last night. It's different. You know, how, like you know, I've noticed that there is a third joke you do, Ashraf, and that is like it weirdly sexual stuff involving me and Sam. <laughs> yeah, I, I play into it myself. Come to life. All of your fan fiction, comic thoughts fan. Please tell me there's no comic yeah. thoughts fan fiction. We're not. I hope there is. I hope this smart. That's comic thoughts smart. How are you doing, Ashraf? How uh, how's you're you're over in Melbourne right now? We we won't talk too much about what you're doing over there, but I'll at least ask how you how you're coping. How's it going? It's it's nice. It's uh stormy. It's cold. Not as stormy as Adelaide from what I've been hearing. Uh no. Um, um most of the major shopping centers here in Adelaide lost power. Um there are people who still don't have power. Um Mo Ingle Farm was flooded. Elizabeth shopping center was flooded. In fact, the EB games at Elizabeth, I think they lost forty PlayStations to the flood. Wow. That's like sixteen thousand dollars of of damages just just from PlayStations, and they lost way more than just PlayStations. So, um, yeah, hey, that's, uh, that's that's crazy. I didn't know that that was happening. Did you get blackout? Uh, TCP threatened to, but we actually didn't lose power. Not at Zing, at the very least. Um, I was actually the first no, I mean, like one. Your, your house person. Oh no, we we Walker Heights didn't lose power. We did flood, which is funny because we're at the top of a hill. So Holy even people shit. on top of hills were getting a bit of uh. My mom was like, I didn't go shopping today because I didn't want to swim. And I'm like, that's fair. That's uh, fucking crazy. Yeah. I didn't know about any of the storm stuff that was happening as it was happening because I was working. I was there from like 11 till 5, 5.30, right? So that that's when the storm was happening. So I wasn't really checking my phone much. All I saw was Sam's message. Hey, Supernova's lost power. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So it's a bit of a, it's, it's a bit of a storm out there. There's some stuff going on. Uh, and then I, 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 I finally checked my phone. I went outside and as I'm driving, like apparently like the O-Barn is more tree than track at the moment. Um, the, when I was on right road going home from TTP, uh, I had to stop cause I'm like, there's a tree that's like across the road and buses aren't making it through. So I, I went and like knocked on some of the locals doors being like, does anyone have an ax or a chainsaw or something? Cause the, the, the council is not picking up cause it's Saturday, it's Saturday afternoon. And we just had a major storm, so the council is like either being overrun with phone calls, or they just don't have enough people to answer all the phone calls right now. Can someone grab me a chainsaw? So we cut up a tree, took it off the road. Um, yeah, it was it's it was rough. Like on the same day, Santa came to town too. That's sad. 
On the same day, what came to them? Santa. It was the Christmas pageant on the same day. All right. Yeah. Totally Christmas has officially started. So. Yeah, it's so fucked up, right? Adelaide is obsessed with Christmas to the point that they put it for the celebrations in the pageant, like in November fucking 11th or whatever. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's obsession. I just say it's getting Christmas. creeping closer and closer. I'm gonna Christmas, have Christmas is celebrations uh... on the 31st of October at this rate. I mm. saw, I saw um, an ad for a Christmas festival that's been up since last year, and now it's finally relevant again. Yeah, just keep it up. If we do it every year, it's annual. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's that's fucked. Uh, also, like hay fever. It's my hay fever is off the charts right now. I couldn't enjoy um, what we're going to talk about in this podcast, Black Panther, because my hay fever was so bad. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> hay fever has been rough for, I think, a lot of people. It's just because the weather doesn't want to make up its mind. It's really yeah, it's hurricane, hurricane asthma. That's what they've been calling it. Like, the storm has brought with it all, all this fucking pollen. Well, you know what? Um, moving into some spoiler territory. So, uh, for those who don't want, I mean, you're, we're going to put the word spoilers in the title. If you've watched this far, you know we're going to get to spoilers. So, uh, getting into spoiler territory now. Adelaide's not the only place that got flooded over the Jesus. past week. <laughs> <laughs> um, because my, my this this uh, prick few... here also yeah. decided to to flood um, another place. He flooded by my the way. pants. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, look at him. Uh, for those yeah, on audio, um, I'm holding up the Marvel Legends Namor figure. This is actually Ashraf's Namor. I grabbed it for him um, nice, because both like of me. us, after a, a little, uh, both of us, uh, after Black Panther Wakanda Forever, decided to buy a bunch of the action figures from the movie. Uh, and I guess that says a lot about how we felt about at least the characters um, and the movie itself. But I feel like we need a bit more of a detailed um, statement on how we felt about the uh, sequel to maybe one of the better MCU movies overall. Like, just like sure. first Black Panther is really good. Really yeah, good. Like, really good. Black Panther 2 had obviously this cloud over it with um, Chadwick Boseman's passing. So there was a, there was a lot going on. Um, moving into this film. So, Ashraf, how did you feel about Wakanda Forever? Uh, wait, wait. I'm going to set the scene a bit. Um, we were invited to a screening, a private screening of Black Panther with uh, Brett, uh, organized by Brett and Toys and Beers. Uh, and Brett Sarah. Owen of uh, Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair fame. Um, yeah, if you don't know about yeah. him, I did an interview with him. Go watch it. it it's on this channel. Uh, interview with Brett Owen. He's awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. He he does these um private screenings when the Marvel movies come out, and uh they they put their own um array of trailers before the movie, and they had a little a little like fake out where they they played the um uh Chadwick Boseman tribute sort of like Marvel fanfare logo, and we all thought the movie's gonna start, and then it, it was a fucking um a Howard the Duck trailer. I well, it okay, it, it's funny because at first I was like, oh, that's cool, and then I was like, wait. The if you look at first, I was like, "That's cool," and I was like, "Hang on, it's blurry. It's it's like yeah, it's pixely. It's like this isn't this isn't this can't be the movie. Someone something's going on." And then when How the Duck I was playing, I was like, "Yep, okay, cool. That makes sense." Because I was so in the good. front row. We were in the front row, weren't we? Me and you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we were able to see immediately. Oh, that's co- why is it pixely? <laughs> and uh, there were there were there was this trailer for Steel. Was Super Mario Brothers the movie as well? Or am I just mad? Uh, there was no, I don't think it was Super Mario Brothers. There was a, there was some movies there that I didn't know existed. Rex. 
Oh, Theodore Rex, uh, oh, Master of the Universe. Master of the Universe, yeah. Um, yeah, but, but without further ado, we should actually talk about the movie as well. Um, is, is my first impressions, was it? Or... Uh, yeah, just, just just your overall, just sort of like your opening statement on this, on, on what kind of... Oh, forever. yeah, so, so I was so looking forward to this film more than any other Marvel film, just because I wanted to see what they did. And I thought from the get-go, what they were doing with Namor, since the first trailer i was like wow this is such a great take on namor and um that that's what made me buy the figure straight away because i always thought it never appealed to me as a character but like after looking at what they did with the design at least and with the actor i thought it was stupendous so i was like fuck yeah i'm gonna get that figure as soon as it comes out and um yeah my first impressions was it was a bit uh choppy and it was a bit hectic and i unfortunately um I don't my my experience is gonna be clouded a bit because my hate people was so bad that night that I don't think I think if you put an amazing movie in front of me, I still wouldn't have enjoyed it because I was so distracted by my, my fucking nasal passages. But um <laughs> I was still I was still definitely entertained. Like um I definitely have to watch it again at some point just to see like what, what just so I'm, you can see it without you know blurry vision. <laughs> yeah, oh no, not without blurry, yeah. I'm just yeah, I was just like like imagine watching a, a movie like with a throbbing headache or something, you know? It's like it would not... suck. Yeah, it well, would suck. I didn't have bad hay fever that night. Finally, uh, I'm not sure yeah. if um if anyone catched uh caught I should say caught. Um, I did a uh, a, a live stream D D game uh, which I shared on all the social medias. Um, and uh, I sounded like this the entire time. I thought you were and, doing a voice, and everyone loved doing a voice because it was perfect yeah. for the character I was playing. He's like an ex monster hunter. Um, yeah. and I went to work the next day and I was like, Hey guys, how you doing? And they were like, Oh my God, that wasn't a voice. I was like, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, I was sick for, well, not sick, sick. I don't know what I was. I was just under the weather for a good week, but in time for black Panther, right, I, I completely recuperated. So, uh, I was fine. And, um, from the moment go, uh, from, from the very first scene where, they, you know, I was I was curious how they were going to handle Chadwick's passing, and therefore, you know, T'Challa as a character. Um, and they not only did they straight up have uh, the first scene address T'Challa passing away, they straight up used this like you know a, a unspecified disease that they that he was keeping a secret that he was keeping a secret that they couldn't cure in time. And they they straight up they turn they they sort of mixed a bit of reality with with the uh, the MCU story and immediately I'm like this is a movie that is going to address like actual loss and actual grief, um, and you know try and discuss it in a in a, a respectful a respectful way which I think they did I think they did do it very respectfully because this this isn't like. A movie studio capitalizing on someone's passing this is um you know friends of chadwick boseman basically using this as an opportunity to tell a story about their own grief and their own loss um and and sort of you know mix their reality and themselves into it in much the same way they mix their their culture and their heritage into it they mix their actual real life experience and throughout the movie there are moments where i just got a little teary-eyed or a little bit misty um, and it, I, I was, I was openly weeping, uh, come the, uh, second, come the mid credit scene. I was openly weeping. I was like, I was, I was touched. 
And I think I, I, I loved this movie, not just because of that, though, because outside of Chadwick's passing, this movie, I think, stands on its own two feet as a very well-told story that used some pretty fun um, storytelling techniques that I didn't even really notice coming until it happened. I was like, oh, that's that's really good. So, yeah, I, I, I love this movie. It might be, uh, this could be Cold to the New, might be my favorite Phase 4 film. Possibly, I'm I'm gonna say like uh, other than No Way Home because No Way Home is not going to be beaten because Spider Man he's my favorite, but outside of that, like it's either this or Shang Chi because I think those those these three have been fantastic movies and this is a uh, this is that high quality MCU that um that yeah I loved and my dad's dying in the background. Um, well, how on point. <laughs> how accurate um but yeah so you mentioned namor um obviously with yeah. namor they uh they did some things i don't want to say they altered him dramatically i don't think they did i still think it leans into this is still definitely namor but uh oh, aesthetic... no, no, no. I mean, in terms of character i'm uh i think they they stuck to it pretty well um i'm just, I'm just saying like stuff like mixing the mesoamerican um mythology and imagery mm -hmm. I thought it was yeah. really cool. They, yeah. uh, it was very, uh, what was it, uh, Mayan? Is that what the... Yeah, Mayan, uh, Mesoamerican, um, yeah. Yucatan, Aztec. Yeah, well. that's like, sort of, that area of, um, South, it's South America, isn't it? It's... It's actually what is now Mexico. Yeah, yeah, so that, that, yeah. that, um, Hispanic section that i'm i'm very uncultured when it comes to these things i'm not very well aware of like i can sort of identify when oh that's that's aztec or aztec-esque but i'm not very um very well aware of of anything culturally or the mythology or uh anything like that so it is very interesting to see this and i've been sort of like sort of keeping my eyes on you know other people's reactions who are more aware to see how they feel about it and so far I, it's been like an overwhelmingly positive response to not just Namor, but the entirety of um, Namor's people and uh, what was Atlantis in the comics, but has now been renamed to something else entirely. What did you think about that, Ashraf? Um, yeah, it's interesting because, like, in the first Black Panther movie, um, uh, the kill, um, not Killmonger, uh, the Living Sound character, that guy. Oh, um, Claw. Claw, yeah, Ulysses Claw. Talks about El Dorado and how that how they it was like oh it was actually in Africa the whole time. This this was actually El Dorado. It's like a like Mayan sea that's lost and everyone's trying to find because it holds vibranium as well and they can't find it. Um, like I'm kind of forgetting what your your question was, but. Um, uh just essentially like yeah. you know how did you uh you know how did you feel about the uh the 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 change that they the, the way that they because like i said like namor as a character here is not necessarily different from his comic self um he is uh in personality though yeah his personality is is pretty much exactly as i was i was talking to someone else who was like you know how much how out you know on a scale of one to ten how much of a prick do you think namor's going to be in this movie and i'm like if it's accurate to the comics he's going to be sitting at like five out of ten for most of the movie and then do a few things where he goes to a full 10 out of 10 on the prick scale because yeah. Namor doesn't live in the 10 out of 10. He lives in the five out of 10, but then jumps 
radically to 10 out of 10 when he decides, no, this is what I'm doing. And he, and in this movie, he did that. Yeah. I think he's, um, I was going to say a lot more sympathetic, but the, the more I think about it, the, the more I think, yeah, he is, he is kind of like how he is because he's like the, 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 the more I've read in the comics, he's like really bipolar. <laughs> he's quite, um, he's quite emotional. And I think it's explained as well from what I understand. It's like the more he spends in, uh, the surface world, the more um his psyche gets all like um messed up, so he he comes he, he he starts to become more irrational, and the more he is in the water, the same thing happens to him because he's like of two worlds and of two minds and everything. He's, he can't spend too much time in both. There must be um, a it, it also pros- like just probably comes out of the pressure of being a king who's viewed as kind of a god by his people. Like that is a lot of pressure. Oh, that's that's such a great that's such a great take and and. The way, yeah. So now, now we're, is the highlight of the movie for me. This yeah. made me fall in love with the character. He's, he's my favorite right. character in MCU now, and um, the he is everything about him is so fucking cool. The headdress he wears, the fucking wings he has on his feet, the way the way he moves with those wings. That's amazing. I have no idea how, and, and this is this is the thing. This is where um, it's like sometimes you just lean into what what it is like you know sometimes when they do like adaptions or superhero movies or, or anything they like try to lean away from certain things because there are certain things they'll just never translate into real life captain america's head wings may never actually look right as as actual wings but that's like point, on his right? cow but on on namor rather than shying away from it they're like no no we're gonna make the wings on his feet a little bigger than they are on the comics and they are gonna flap as if he's lying on them, and it's like a hummingbird. It is, it's going to look cool, and it yeah. it did look cool. It looked like, badass, and I, I'm so glad Ryan Coogler embraced that. And the, the, the fucking the whales are yeah. riding on whales. So, like they the they they had whales as like uh, troop transports, and yeah. it worked. There was this one moment. I think it was um a tumor uh, in the final battle. This one whale, a tumor's holding onto it on the tail, and the whale turns upside down while swimming and flicks its tail and just catapults a tumor so into the cool. air. And I'm like, that is so like they um the, the and uh hang on, what are they called again? Um uh the Tolokans. Yeah. Uh, are they Tolokans or Tolokians? How do we I'm gonna say Tolokans? Yeah, I say Tolokans. Yeah, Tolokans. Um Tolokans. Um they have some cool stuff. They're um the the when we first introduced to them, there's this there's this song that starts playing, and I thought it was part of the OST. Uh, but then all the they're they're like sort of on this this oil rig, and all of the people on the oil rig start dropping what they're doing and walking towards the ocean. A siren and jumping song, into yeah. it. Literally, I was like, Oh, that's not the OST, that's actually the the Tolokans. They're actually singing, they have this this hypnotic weapon. That's their voice. They have actual yeah, honest to God sirens. Well. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so cool. Like we we, and that's know, different. That's definitely different from what they have in comics and everything. Definitely. Is your your uh your camera slowly moving away from you? You want to flip I'm that sinking. down? To... I'm sinking into and sinking, sinking to the ground. <laughs> it's because uh, we talk about Taluka um, and I'm getting drowned. Um, there's... Man, water is such a dangerous thing. Water it, bombs. Who would have but... thought? They had concussive grenades full, filled with water, and those things are terrifying. I like it's just like okay, concussive grenades are bad enough, but then you throw water in there, and there was just like something about it when, like they're f- they there's this whole scene where they're flooding Wakanda, and it's like an actual, it's like a little, it's like a prelude to an actual war, 
where you know and this and, and you know, this is what i was talking about with namor he goes from five out of ten to ten out of ten on the prick scale um their attack on one on wakanda was a statement not an actual declaration it was a statement of don't mess with us but more importantly yeah. than that uh, the when, other thing that it was all yeah. about was just killing uh killing queen ramanda um and as as shiri is basically being held back from the queen so they can try and uh resuscitate her namor just sort of calls out while flying in front of like all these corpses in front of a flood of wakanda being like you're the queen now you're the one who gets to make the decisions now and then yeah. and then fucks off and it's like you you murdered this person's mother almost purely to be like all right now it's your choice don't fuck all, up <laughs> love it was prefaced on the fucking murder of a teenager that's that's yeah. and that's really where it is it's like namor didn't care that it was a teenage girl namor didn't care that um that the reason that they went to war was because of a misunderstanding because of a government taking advantage of a of a of essentially a college student um he did not care he, he really his whole thing was he needs to protect his people at any cost and and the... and, and in keeping with the comics and everything he doesn't always make the right choice for his people and he's not. He's probably not making the right choice for his people. Same same with um Shuri. No, they're really flawed leaders. And that's that's the point. And I think that was so brilliant because I mentioned like a, a storytelling thing that they did. They uh there's this big final battle. So Shuri has has recreated the heart shaped herb, and she's now got the power of the Black Panther. She's got her own suit, which looks fucking cool, by the way. Um, and she she and Mbaku have this conversation where you know Mbaku is like you know we shouldn't kill him. And everyone's like, you, you wanted to kill him before, but now you don't. And he's like, yeah, because they don't think of him as just a leader. They actually think of him as a God. And I'm starting to think yeah. that if we kill their God, they will never stop fighting us. And after the, after what we just dealt with, I don't think we can handle a war with these guys. Um, and Shuri's like, I don't care. You know, he killed my mum. You know, what was it? Like we're risking eternal war. And Shuri is like, isn't my mum's life worth eternal war? And Mbaku was like, it is, but you know, your people, um, so we get to a certain point where Shuri has, uh, Namor, literally like a beached fish. She's been trying to use like weapons and different things to dry him out because she realizes that if he's dried out, he's going to die, but, you know, cause he's breathing in water through his body, not through any gills. You know, if he can't, if he, if he gets dehydrated too severely, he will just die. So she's doing all this on a desert. And she puts a spear to his throat, and as she does it, she looks down at Namor, and then suddenly we get these. We we start cutting to some of the the shots we've had throughout the movie, and things I didn't even notice were like specifically yeah. there was like a shot of a woman in Wakanda handling, I believe, like a coconut, like like a coconut esque type fruit thing, and then the same exact shot, but in um, Tolokan with a different kind of throat looking thing with a different woman, yeah. but the shots were very similar. And, you know, there was a bunch of things like that, like the similarities between Wakanda and Tolokan and the similarities between Shuri and Namor. And in that moment, Shuri realizes. No, I, it's, I, I just want to elaborate more on that, on that moment, um, which, which you're missing. A lot yep. of the shots are played reverse of the flooding of um, the river tribe and everything. And I think the point of those shots being in reverse, like with the mom drowning as well, is the fact that killing Namor won't reverse all of that? No, no, that's the other thing as well. Like, there's oh, yeah. a, there's um, you're, you're totally right. I did, I didn't, uh, you know, fail to mention that. But that those are the two things they're doing: the similarities between the two countries, and the fact that doing what she's about to do will not solve the problem. If anything, will make it worse. And 
those two things, along with a third element, which is you don't want Namor to die in this movie because he's so cool. He's such a cool character, such an interesting character with so much potential in the MCU. You don't want him to die. So when Shuri actually has him dead to rights and is like literally about to kill him in your heart, you're like, no, don't do this. But at the same time, Shuri's whole character arc relies on this decision. If she kills him, she goes down the path of basically becoming him and more importantly, becoming Killmonger, which is something they also did in this movie. Which brought back Killmonger because he's such a great villain. I don't he know is such what a... Ryan Coogler is about making amazing villains. Yeah. He, he he is such a great villain. And in this in this scene when uh you know in, in the first Black Panther, whenever someone took the heart-shaped herb, they met like uh T'Challa met his father, Killmonger met his father. Uh in this, when Shuri took the heart-shaped herb, she met Killmonger. And you know, he's basically saying, like, you know, your your father was foolish, your brother was too honorable, but you're like me. You and me are more similar. So in that, you know, in being that way, Shuri holding that spear to Namor, Namor's a lot like Killmonger in a lot of ways. Um, and that's the point. They're, they're, they're sort of cut from the same, very similar cloths in that sense. While Namor has always been in godhood, Killmonger had to fight for it, but they still have a lot of similar mentalities when it comes to, um, you know, their people and their hatred for and the then world how did outside. And how did you the surface world? The fucking slavers, the, the the Spanish when they invaded, what is the the Yucatan Peninsula? What is now Mexico? Colonization like that, has really yeah. been one of the major themes of um of these movies. Like the colonization of other countries has been like a sort of an underlying theme, uh, to the point where Okoye literally calls Martin uh, Freeman's character um Agent Ross uh, at my, the end my of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite colonizer, which is, which is obviously said oh, tongue in cheek. <laughs> where where Shuri calls him a colonizer as well, but yeah, like it it's it's literally it's it's absolutely done ton in cheek. Like this isn't like some like grand um statement from like Ryan Coogler and the group as being like some like that 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 specifically is clearly just a a a, a little dig, and it's it it's kind of all in good fun. Just I, the I, at the end where Okoye finds Martin Freeman's character uh, Agent Ross in chains, and he's like, she's like, ah, oh, colonizer in chains. Now I've seen everything. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> That's it's funny. also it works on another level with the fact that he's he's also working for the CIA. It's like yeah, absolutely. An agency that has like um contributed to like the destabilization and colonization of other countries. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 interesting that that's such a that is an underlying theme. But at the same time, when you're dealing with these uh, geopolitical elements and history <laughs> and culture, when it comes to both uh, an African country and a um a, a South American country. It's it's kind of impossible not to mention uh, to yeah. some capacity because it's like those are legitimately some of the most important points in the, in 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 their history. Being that yeah, the destabilization or the takeover, the colonization, uh, the destruction of, or just simply the um, the annexing of these cultures and countries into what we see now as like modern day what they are um but the, the so some horrible things happened and these this movie does not shy away from showing some of those horrible things in fact namor's whole disdain for the surface world comes from the fact that he he took his mother to be buried on land because it was her request because her people were not originally from the sea they were from the land so she wanted to be buried on the land um and when he did he you know came across um slavers and colonists and um you know people being pretty horrible to 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 each other and he was just legit like oh wow fuck these people (laughs) 
Uh, and he, he starts he, flying, and they're like, "What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> he starts flying with his arms up like this, and then all his uh, like the four or five Colokan uh, uh, soldiers that are with him just charge. And the next thing you see is like later on, his mother's being buried while there are corpses everywhere, and the buildings in the background are burning. And I'm like, "Oh my god, they just pillaged this whole village!" Like Namor did not like Namor from and then, yeah, H twelve. That, that's how he gets his name from the fucking priest. Yeah, uh, what was the exact phrase? Um, there was something like the child with no love. Yeah, well, um, yeah, he said like the, the son of the devil. Uh, the, yeah, the child with no love, and that's why he took the name because he has no love for the surface world. Because it was, I think it's a, it's a, it's a Spanish phrase. Something the word like namor is in this Cien, phrase. Yeah, Cien, Cienamor, or something or like that. So he took that name as like because he has no love, and I'm like that is so. Cool. cool and I, I, I if that is actually in spanish if that is legitimately part of uh, the language and legitimately like i'm like w well done for that pickup because that's fantastic um that that actually is just such a again it's 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 one of those things where i think they brilliantly mixed real life and and this 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 I, we'll call it this Marvel's a fantasy world the real life in this fantasy world, and they were able to mix what we know from the comics with uh, a little bit of alt uh, reality in a very in mythology yeah. in mythology in a very interesting uh, way that keeps true to the characters from the comics, but also uh, embraces um, you know uh, a, a different culture a different way of of, of approaching it that's mm -hmm. really just so cool like. Like, yeah, I like, want, again, I want Namor is Namor to so be like cool. This <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, if the Guardians love... can be updated to be more like the movies, then you can update Namor. <laughs> oh, there's like this is definitely the coolest Namor has probably ever been, partially because he is so much more complex as a character. You know, you see him with his people in Tolokan, and it's like, oh, he's just he just kind of comes off as like a nice ruler, like a nice leader. Like a decent guy, but then whenever he leaves his place, he's like he's a total dick. So it's like, yeah, it's it, there's there's this this complex leader to Namor as a character. Um, everything about it, and his design is just so cool. Like, not only has he got the uh, the wings, he's also got the swimming trunks, which look good and make sense because I mean he's basically bulletproof, and he swims. So all he really needs is to make sure that everything between his legs doesn't end up dangling in battle. So wear a pair of trunks. So wear some trunks, and everything else is just like jewelry for him to wear, because he's and, a king. And, and he's yeah, his jewelry is made out of vibranium. He's covered in it. That That's that was that was yeah. the other thing. That was one of the other ma major things about the movie is that um, something that links Wakanda and Tolokan together is that they both have um stock of vibranium and um, archaic herb. An archaic herb, but theirs is a bit different. Theirs is the thing that gave them the ability to breathe water. Um, and all of their people have taken it. That's the thing. All of them have the power of their version of the heart-shaped herb flowing within them, which is why the Tolokans are all so unbelievably strong. <laughs> and they can heal. But yeah, Namor is definitely the strongest. Like, Mumbaku says he's as strong as a hawk, and it's, you can see that. He's fucking throwing helicopters around like it's fucking silly buddy or whatever. Uh, what was it? Outside of water, he's as strong as Thor. Inside the water, he's as strong as the Hulk. That was, I think, but, um, the actor's actual... That's what actual... Ryan Coogler said. But yeah, yeah, which is which is like I and yeah, duh, Namor is dumb, like he's stupid powerful in the comics. There is there is a reason why his um 
you know. Yeah. Okay, we we <laughs> gotta okay. talk about the other fucking characters in this one because we yeah. Uh, um, about they were so much let's great. let's talk a moment about Angela Bassett and her yeah. uh, performances as Queen Ramonda. Way more of a spotlight in this film. And damn right, she should have. She was fantastic in this. Such a she, we already we already know that Angela Bassett's a great actress. Hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> She yeah. got to go in this movie. Like, when what did she's, you uh, arresting the French soldiers and putting them on the conference floor and everything? That's pretty interesting. Camera. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that that scene is very interesting. Where um, there's a whole like one of the opening scenes of the movie um, is is like a a, a United Nations just uh, like uh, you know forum where they're all talking and it's like people are like coming on top of Wakanda because they may, they, they promised they would share their resources and it's plainly obvious that um, Wakanda has not shared their vibranium and Wakanda never said they would share their vibranium. Uh, they just said they'll share their resources. So they technically haven't done anything wrong there, but as uh, as Ramonda puts it, like we can't, we're not going to give you this, like a mat, like we cannot imagine what you people, any of you people would do if you had your hands on vibranium. Um, you know, and in doing that, she also used an example because while she was talking about how everyone whispers that Wakanda is lost its protector, lost the Black Panther, that we are weak. And as that's happening, there is a, a scene of some mercenaries taking over one of the Wakandan uh, outreach program facilities. Yeah. And um, they're about to, they open a vault that's apparently got vibranium in it. And I think maybe the best theme in the entire MCU the Dora Milaje theme a slowed down version of it starts playing as they step out of the vault and it's like I I, I, I gotta I gotta research what that type of vocal like that type of vocalization is because it's clearly it's clearly a choir of, of of women singing for the Dora Milaje theme but it's so cool <laughs> Yeah, it's it's iconic too. Like nothing else, I think in not just the MCU, but like in film, sounds like the Dora Milaje theme. That 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 women's choir vocalization starts playing, and I'm like, shit's about to go down. <laughs> people gonna die. <laughs> yeah, and people did. Uh, and people uh, actually, no, none well, of the French die. soldiers died. I don't think. I think no, they no, stunned no, they them. They, they specifically just. Um... This incapacitated them, and then and um, Ramonda mentions this that she didn't use lethal force and everything, and it, it and she she said oh, this was an olive branch that that yeah. she didn't use lethal force, and next time she will. <laughs> like yeah. basically, you know, we we get it. You want our vibranium, but you're not gonna get it if this is how you're gonna gonna go about it. And it's also it also like goes to show that uh, I think the. T'Challa, you know, like the audience gets to see that maybe T'Challa made the wrong choice by revealing Wakanda to the world, <laughs> you know? It's one of those things where it's like the, the repercussions are like, there were always going to be repercussions. There were two ways about it. Without Wakanda, they do not win against Thanos, realistically. They don't have that army. The the series of events do not happen a certain way. Like there's a positive still, yeah, reason they behind they Wakanda. They didn't need to reveal themselves to the world too to do that though but yeah that's the thing it was like there was always a like, there was always a positive there was always a negative seeing the negative but also seeing that there's a potential positive in this i think is also important in in this 
it is one of those things where Wakanda may have revealed themselves, but they haven't really opened themselves up yet either. Um, opening yourselves up to the world is uh, genuinely, uh, especially in like any political climate, is always going to be a difficult situation. Um, and there's always going to be a ton of negativity surrounding it, especially if you open yourselves up to the world as having uh, being rich in resource. Um, yeah, and and it, it makes me think about what Killmonger was talking about and everything. You know, it does. It's, it's one like, of those things. There's only the conquered and the conquerors. But yeah, it it's it's so interesting to think that Killmonger like this is a sequel that makes the previous movie feel bigger and more important while also feeling on its own really good and that's the that's what makes a good what makes a good trilogy is each movie adds to each movie is one of itself really good but also the previous chapter feels as more important and the next chapter feels more important so they all feed off each other and that that's what helps make a good trilogy which is i think like um the spider-man trilogy in the mcu is fantastic because i actually do think that each chapter does build and change and evolve tom holland spider-man in a way and it builds and it, they work off each other very well yeah um, or like the duology of um force awakens and last jedi fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> they, they add uh, on to each other really well uh sure um anyway so um with this, uh, another thing that they, that they did, not just with like themes and ideas that they did really well when it came to the previous uh, movie, was they actually had a lot of shots, like a lot of cinematography that was one for one from that first movie, but with something changed. And when my when I first noticed this was when after Queen Ramanda had her moment with the uh, United Nations. So just like how in Civil War, Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa was leaving the United Nations from in Civil War, and then at the start of this movie, he was returning from his mission. He was on their one of their flying one of their uh, air vehicles. I don't know what they're called specifically. The ones that kind of look like Covenant, um, Covenant like uh, dropships, really? like from uh, Halo. They have a very similar shape. Uh, a phantom, I believe it's called, and um, it's flying, you know, over, you know, over these beautiful African landscapes, and the Wakanda theme starts playing, where it's like, you know, that guy just singing, yeah, and it's the same shot from the first movie, and then we go inside the plane, and it's Queen Ramanda holding her crown, like her the cr- her headdress, the same exact shot where we saw T'Challa holding his helmets. In that same exact in that movie, same exact shot, same exact composition, same exact song, you know, returning to the same exact location, but now completely recontextualized through changing the character and changing the situation around it. It's just like, oh, like it, 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 it's those parallels, and again, they they did this all throughout the movie with visual cues, and they did this at the end of the movie with uh, Shuri's whole arc. Who I think we should probably talk about Shuri next, because realistically, she was the main cool character, as, essentially, yeah, yeah, she was the main character. Even though at the start of the movie, she was kind of it's weird. She's the main character at the start of the movie. She's kind of not as present. It's more closer to the end of Act One that she becomes so much more important. And part of that is that because part of Shuri's arc is that she's closing the world off because she's the one who's been the most affected by T'Challa's passing. Like, Queen Ramanda is affected, but is still essentially functioning as a queen and functioning as a person. It's because, it's also because, like, a lot, a lot of it 
is to do with the fact that like death is not an end in Wakanda. It's a stepping off point. And she is, believes that with her whole heart. Ramanda believes that because she's that. so yeah. spiritually connected. Like she still she has that belief. But Shuri, being such a brilliant scientist, questions all of this mythical the elements of mythology. You know what I mean? Just like, like how T'Challa did with when his father passed, and you say it was just a nice story. It was one of yeah no exactly it's it and they're very much of kindred spirits you know T'Challa and um Shuri because they both have the same reaction to a loved one dying. T'Challa in Civil War sees his father die in front of him and then calls for vengeance. Shuri does kind of very similar here with with her mother and. Similar to again with Njadaka Killmonger, she wants to burn the whole world down, just like you did. But yeah, yeah. There's so many she, parallels. She doesn't care that she's fucking over her country. <laughs> she wants to burn everything down. It's it's brilliant because it's like it's it 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 has a lot of the similar elements of Civil War and Black Panther one recontextualized with a with a similar villain that's got a new geopolitical element and the threat of war it's all happening at once and i feel like sometimes that that does you know that does lead to a bit of a a, a very quick fast paced movie which you know uh, some people are saying it's erratic i didn't think it was erratic i thought it was just there's a lot going on and it's trying to, to cut through that confusion to figure out what the right decision is. I, I kind of felt that and loved that in this movie. Um, seeing Shuri have to evolve as a character. Cause like, I'm, I'm, um, Letitia Wright. I think she's, 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 she was a fine actress. So I was like, I like her as an actress. I like Shuri. I saw, apparently some people thought Shuri was annoying. I didn't get that. I really like Shuri, but I wasn't sure if she was going to be, like right for the for the role as main character moving forward between the character and the action i just wasn't sure i'm not saying that i didn't believe she could do it just as like you have to do some you have to do this right in order for this to feel and it did like sherry by the end of this i'm like no no no. i get this i this they done this very well i feel like she's she was positioned and the story was told and the acting was fantastic in, in, in like incredibly well to establish Shuri as no no she's she can hang. Yeah. Um yeah, I definitely definitely agree I agree with that. Like at the end of the film I believe that she's can be the next Black Panther. But um I do wonder what, what Mbaku is doing at the end. I don't know if it was a joke. I, I don't know if she is passing on the actual mantle of Ruling I think Wakanda she is. She so is. At, at the end of the movie um there's this another scene is being recreated from the first one which is the ceremony scene the scene where uh they uh they crown the next king of wakanda and you know everyone's sort of they're all in their their uh, beautiful outfits their beautiful costumes like these are all these colors and visuals that we love from that first one this fantastic same waterfall setting and you know the, the the official is like you know please welcome you know um, you know, you, the Black Panther, Princess Shuri, and the ship comes up, and the stairs from the ship come down, and then it's just a shot of the stairs, two feet slam on the ground, and the camera pans up, the crowd goes silent, it's Umbaku. Shuri's nowhere to be seen. And everyone's like, what? And he's like, you know... The Black uh, Panther sends her regards. <laughs> Black Panther sends her regards. Uh, but but yeah, I was just challenged for the throne. throne today, but yeah. And I'm like, you know what? It threw out 
uh, Black Panther, Infinity War, Endgame, and this, Umbaku's had like this sly little character arc where he slowly went away from being just kind of like a barbarian king to rounding out as like, actually, you know what? He's kind of a, he's kind of a decent leader and kind of a decent guy because he's, he's had these like last, what, 2018 to 2024, 2025, sorry, is when the MCU was set. So like last seven years, Umbaku has kind of been <laughs> changing and evolving as a person. Um, sort of in the background. So now he's kind of in a position where I'm like, you know what? I actually think he could be a decent king. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's a good leader. Definitely good to his people. And like the fact that he shelters like Romanda in the first movie as well, it says a lot about his character. Um, Yeah. And yeah, he brings that up again. And um, yeah, and he defends, you know, Wakanda against Thanos and everything. Um, Yeah, I could see him being the actual leader of Wakanda in that official capacity while Shuri is the Black Panther in like superhero capacity, I guess. Yeah. So nothing, I don't think anything really says that the leader has to be the Black Panther moving forward where it's like, and like Umbaku could absolutely, you know, take some of the heart shaped herb and, you know, be, uh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be his comic book name. He wouldn't be called Gorilla Man um, or whatever. I think it was Gorilla Man, right? Or Ape Man. Man Ape. There we go. But he does Um, wear a gorilla thing on his yeah. chest, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> he his costume is so cool in this this movie. He he updates his costume uh partially because his old one gets fucking wrecked. Uh because he decides I'm gonna go try fight Namor one on one. He literally he wrote he's on a boat, he rows it towards Namor really fast, launches from the boat with his big gaffy stick looking thing, whacks Namor, it breaks and Namor just goes bang like one punch, sends Umbaku across the across the river uh, which used to be a street, it's now a river. Um, <laughs> into a what looks like just like a little, like a little, I guess a tiki bar in a way, <laughs> like a little. Yeah. And yeah. he just goes through it, and he's just laying there. He grabs his chest, like oh, oh looks at it, like yeah. I'm not dead. My chest is complete, like his chest armor is completely shattered yeah. though, and he just lays there, like holy crap, I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, he was, yeah, we gotta great. talk about Ironheart. Like we're running out of time. We gotta talk about Ironheart. <laughs> oh. Uh, how can we not talk about a character who I thought was just going to be kind of like a cool side character? No, no, no. So Riri Williams turns out to be kind of like at the center of this entire movie. Uh, the main thing that brings um, uh, the Tolokans to, to Wakanda and to this whole situation is that there is a device that can now find vibranium. They make a st- they make a statement at the start of this movie that one of the French uh, French um, politician makes a statement. Uh, you know, vibranium is indestructible, and as far as we know, we don't have any metal detectors that can sense it. Yeah. And in this movie, later on, there's a whole machine that's apparently able to sense. And Namor's whole thing is he wants Wakanda to help him to find this American scientist who built this vibranium sensor, so they can kill the scientists so another one doesn't get made and they can destroy all their notes and stuff so that they can never track vibranium and then it's revealed that it's not a, an agent or a scientist working for the government the person who created this vibranium detector is a college student in MIT who, was 19 who was literally 20. made the detector because she said she wanted to do it and her professor said it you can't do it i don't think you can do it and she's like i'm going to prove to you that i can and another callback too when she says her age that she's 19 that's the age of um shuri in the first movie but yeah 
they there's a lot of similarities between Shuri and Riri. Um, yeah. even just the fact that they got the word Ri in their name, like there's a lot of similarities between them. Um, yeah, but, yeah, the fact that they have common grounds, like to be so young and so brilliant, isn't yeah. always a good thing. That's true for her as well. Yeah, and she has two superhero costumes in this movie. She has her sort of the first one, which is awesome. I love but, that. Fucking I, I, first I actually. Quarter, that's yeah. I think both of them are awesome in their own way. I think the first one, it, it, it's this kind of junker suit where it's like random bits and pieces she's got together then, to make an Iron Man suit. And then the cop says, oh shit, she's got an Iron Man suit. Watch out. <laughs> Which is, so, it's like, look out, he's got a gun. But in the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe, it's look out, he's got an Iron Man suit. And it's, just, it's, a to- it's such a fair reaction too. Yeah. It's like. What a great and- scene when they're fucking blowing up cops. I was like, yes, this makes up for Miss Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Um, uh, she ha- this junker suit, by the way, and the Wakanda suit. The thing that I was talking with my, I was talking with my mates Daryl and Andrew from Zing. Um, that I was talking to them, and I was like, the thing I like about it is that there's clearly Iron Man elements to it, which there's always going to be because, like, in the MCU, he's like the, you know, metal suit guy. But it has the same sound. It has so, yeah. the the fact that like. You know, it's got an arc reactor powering it. She's built like an arc reactor by the looks of things. Like she's got things going on that's definitely she, she's inspired by Iron Man. Um, and apparently she's got a weird relationship to Tony Stark that's going to be explored in the series. And I'm like, I'm very interested to see what that is. Um, her suits aren't just Iron Man suits. She's like in the comics, kind of imagine like you know what Rescue had in Endgame where it was like the blue and uh, gold suit that was very form-fitting. That's kind of what she's got in the comics um, as well. It's it's very much a very feminine, thin Iron Man suit. In this, her suits are more like mechas. <laughs> like, they're not yeah. quite massive, you know, Gundam mechas. But she, like, they, they, they have a lot akin to what you see with... Um, even I um Iron Monger, where it's like she's definitely a lot smaller than the suit itself. Um and they even yeah, have like she's a small, small girl according to Okoye. Um, she is a small girl, according to Okoye, who also we won't have time. Okoye was brilliant throughout this movie as well. Like, Dan- I, Danai I... Gorera, what a great scene in that uh in the throne room. Uh and she's she's always great at emoting. And um she's so good at emoting and I, I was a bit disappointed that they covered her face up with the Midnight Angels armor, which in the movie was ugly. The character said it was ugly. Um, but I think it looks so I, ugly. I like the Midnight cool Angel again. armor. I don't know what's going on here. I'm, am I alone in this? I liked it. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying in the movie, they say that it's, it's, it looks terrible. And um, I think it looks so bad that I like it now. That it looks cool. <laughs> it looks this... so bad. It goes all the way around to it looking cool, but the, the the reason I, I I talk about that is because like it covers up her face, which is like why would why would you do that? <laughs> I suppose. Well, yeah. they did the they did the whole Iron Man thing where they like you know. Yeah, I didn't like that either. But yeah, <laughs> um, you, she can take the the mask off to show her face, or you can get in there with it because it was I a hate cra- that in there thing, What yeah. is the other girl's name? She's I think she's new Aneka. to this movie. Anaka. Yeah. Yeah, Anaka. She's a new Dora Milaje who uses knives instead of spears because she really likes the knives that Shuri keeps making her. And Okoye is always like, use a spear. There's a reason we use a spear. And she's like, but these knives are so cool. And they're like such opposing... Who who was it uh, at the end of the movie? There was... um, Was it Okoye who was revealed to be? I think so, yeah. Into women? Yeah. 
I, at the end of the movie, I was like, because my because this was a full uh, two hour movie, my eyes no, were really tired. So I'm, it was it was yeah, her. It was it was oh. a Zaneka, and I think she's uh, she's yeah, review, uh, which apparently is going to get this movie banned in China because they're, they're removing that scene in Saudi Arabia, so and other places. So I don't are know. they really? Because yeah, they, they didn't are. do it for Walter they, they, they actually, Madness. They actually gave him this time, which is surprising. But they're not giving it in for China by the looks of things. Then again, yeah. um, credit to credit where credit's due. Marvel has not bent their knee to China's whims. Oh, yeah, well, for a while. I don't know. But, I don't know if that's Marvel's choice or China's choice because China also has been choosing not to to air a bunch. Oh no, of no, no. It it was China's request for Marvel has been requesting Marvel to remove scenes from movies to let them play at China, like literally. Uh, they requested for No Way Home, remove the Statue of Liberty from No Way Home, or we won't play this movie. And Marvel were like, "Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Um, can't do that. <laughs> can't do that." <laughs> they physically they, can't. Yeah. They're like, "No, we're not doing that." Same with the, um, you know, the one twelve-second scene from Multiverse of Madness where uh, America Chavez's parents are both women. Uh, they refuse to remove that scene as well. Um, yeah. It's it's been a while since they've really bent their knee to. I don't know what that's it. I, I don't know what's going on because they didn't do it yeah. for uh they didn't do it for multiverse of madness, but apparently they yeah, might be so, doing it. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird, right? Yeah. Um I don't I wanna yeah, know what yeah, the decision but, but wanna, is with that. I wanna quickly talk about um other other stuff. I guess like because we're we're almost done and we've been gushing about the movie. I just want to talk about like my the negatives that I found in the film. Um why do you put like, on the negatives? <laughs> I don't know, because we ended up talking about so many positives. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about positive for sure. We're not going to end on a negative. We'll end, my, on, my we'll end, on, the, we'll end on the mid-credits scene. So what's, what's, yeah, what's your yeah, negatives? Yeah. Okay, my, my negatives was, I did feel very erratic. I agree with what people have been saying. Um, I didn't like, I, I think I didn't think a lot of the scenes transitioned really well into each other. Uh, I think that a lot of the exposition was really clunky, especially with uh, the explanation of Namor's origins. I thought it could have been done better. And uh, again, oh, okay. yeah, very similar to Black Panther, where uh, sorry, Black Adam, where they didn't need uh, like to spoon feed the the origin that way. Like, the origin would have made as much sense if there was no voiceover as well. Um, and like even even what was being explained it was like a bit clunky, like with how like the mother was hesitant to go into the ocean, and then suddenly she changed her mind. That wasn't shown in a way that made me believe the the scene um what um i yeah other than that like you were having a conversation with me after this the movie ended about like how if this movie existed in vacuum you didn't know about um Chadwick Boseman's death that you wouldn't know that he died in real life it's like i just disagree it's like if if you see this movie as a part of a larger story it it is like very jarring differences. Like, why? Why would they sell all this up and suddenly have all of this? And obviously, I understand like the, the actual um, logistics of everything involved. Um, so, so I, I get that, but it was still like that's not really you know, that, still, that yeah. can't really be a negative though. Like, that's like you know that that can't. it's not a negative. Uh, it just adds to the fact that like it, the movie had to be made in a very it, in this in this window of time, and they had to to do it regardless of what was going on in the real world. And I think that that shows because this movie is a bit erratic and because the story is not as clean as it, it could be. Um, I think 
given more time, I think this could have been a better film. Um, I think uh, also adds to the fact that like Marvel, you know, makes the CGI first and then makes the actual film like with like I was watching some video uh, on how like Endgame and Infinity War were made. It's like they had that scene in the end of Endgame made like years before the the rest of the film was written, essentially. Um, uh, and there's also like there's stuff in the film that doesn't go anywhere. Like the the whole Everett Ross Val uh, sort of relationship and character stuff, oh, doesn't go anywhere. Like oh, uh, like it's it's cool to have like Val be like, yeah, America should have vibrator. That'll be awesome. That's what I dream about. Also, also like to acknowledge that's also like a callback to the Christopher Priest Black Panther run where Everett Ross had a relationship with his superior as well. <laughs> Mm. Um, but like it's not that it doesn't go anywhere Everett Ross's whole thing is that he oh they it's an American scientist or an American citizen who's currently in the center of this geopolitical war but Wakanda is got their hands tied so they go to the one person that they can but Everett Ross also has his hands tied so he's he's basically making the sacrifice play here and it goes wrong and the thing about Val is that that Val is like she has been this is where I'm sort of like but when people say the MCU is not connected at the moment, I'm like, you. we legitimately have a character in Val who we don't necessarily know where, like what is actually fully happening with her just yet, who is clearly working for the government, who keeps showing up and has quite a bit of authority. Um, she's the head of the CIA. She's the head of the CIA. You know, she's got stuff with the US agent and she's going to be in Thunderbolts, we know. Like she shows up in... In a uh, Black Widow, does she show up anywhere else? Black Widow, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, like we got all these things going on, so it's like, no, I think it's definitely. I, I don't think it goes nowhere. I think because Ross has the natural conclusion to, I did this to help essentially my my friends and my allies because I you know disagree with what's going on. Um, and you know it has the it also shows that Val isn't. An idiot, either. Like we're not dealing with 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 uh, this dumb person who's in charge of the CIA just because. Like she's actually quite smart. Like she figured, yeah, I, I bugged I bugged those Kamoyo beads pretty much immediately because I knew you had a connection to the Wakandans. And in a film that already had so much going on, that didn't have it didn't need so much of the movie devoted to that. Like the the time that they devoted to that plot that's probably going to get resolved in some other show it didn't need that. I know. I think it. I me. think it did because them showing up in America, they weren't just going to know where to find this. Like this girl, they needed help, so this was the natural person to bring in. And naturally, when you introduce a plot element like Ross and him helping yeah, just, the Wakandans, it could have been, been done differently, and it could have been done in a short amount of time. That's why I think. Um, I mean, it was only like, like five minutes collectively. Yeah, five minutes too long. <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't think it was a problem. I, I thought I thought it could have been done better, um, but I, I, you know, like I think it, uh, Ryan Coogler and Marvel could have could have found a better, more organic way to do that in a way that actually served the story. I think everything in the film should serve the story overall. I thought, you know, films like Civil War and everything. I I, I don't think a minute was wasted, even though like was stuff wasted. still set up future films and everything. But everything served the story that they were trying to tell. But they did, like it did serve the story they were trying to tell. It served that it's just, this it was, was just a dangerous like, situation to be in, even for someone like Ross, who it, we... it was just it was just like it could have been done in a different way. I I just uh, really 
can't imagine that done in in, in a better way, in, in similar in a similar vein to how it was on in Civil War, where you're setting up Spider Man, but he still feels that he's a part of the story. Um, I, I um, think Spider Man is way more like, out of out of like like I, I love Spider Man Civil War. I, I legitimately I cheered in the theater when I watched it. I think he's great in Civil War and does add something. But I think he has he's way less plot relevant and in, in needed for for the Civil War movie than Ross is in this movie. I think it matters in the story in <laughs> Civil War that Tony Stark is willing to recruit like a, a child and. I, I think it really shows his desperation in trying to get Captain America and everything. Um, but but that's not, we're not talking about fucking Civil War. No. I'm, I'm, um, just saying, I'm just saying that there's similar ways to, to set up future things that make it feel like it's it's not wasted time in a story that's already dealing with so much. It reminded me of like Iron Man 2 where there's, you have a million different things going on and I don't think a lot of time, uh, there was enough time served for all of them and uh like a lot of the scenes felt great on their own but when you put them together in a in this film and when they transition into each other it doesn't feel white but right it feels like i'm getting with flash especially like yeah it's, this is one of the few films where i noticed transitions because they're so inorganic but yeah that's just my opinion um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about that mid-credit scene We'll talk about the mid-credit scene because speaking yeah. of the future and uh, running out of time. So there's another character in this movie. Last sort of character that I think is needed to be mentioned is uh, Nakia comes back, which I also got the Nakia toy. Hey, isn't she cool? Um, oh, yeah. She gets brought back and they talk about why she wasn't at T'Challa's funeral or wasn't even in Wakanda. And she's sort of giving a few reasons why. Um, but... It's not until the end of the movie. So after all everything happens, and Mbaku is at that that ceremony scene. Uh, Shuri is shown heading to uh ah oh, to where where were they at um Haiti. Where's Nik- <laughs> Tahiti? It is Tahiti. Haiti, 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 Haiti. Sorry, I kept thinking Tahiti because I'm like, no, that's where Coulson goes. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, Haiti. yeah. So they're in Tahiti. I mean Haiti, and they yeah, have a they're doing it now. Team. Yeah, where where they introduce like your son. Um, yeah, so basically they, um, they go to the Haiti, uh, where Nakia has been and she's been in charge of like a school and she's the headmistress of a school. Um, yeah. and well, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not like trying to do a play by play of the plot. What do you, what do you think? Anyway, she's a headmistress of a school and Shuri yeah. comes and meets her so that Shuri can basically do something that at the start of the movie she refused to do, which is burning the funeral garb that you wear, that you wear to like your, your fu- a funeral as a representation of moving on. Uh, you burn it so that your the mourning process is over. You'll still miss them, but you can move on now. Sherry refused to do that for the what, what she wore to T'Challa's funeral at the start of the movie, and she wore the same clothes to her mother's funeral. And now she's finally ready to burn them. And she is she's thinking about T'Challa. We get a few shots of um of Chadwick Boseman. Some of the only used footage of Chadwick in this movie is at this final scene where she's finally ready to move on. Which again, great. Like within the movie's context, is actually a good story within itself, not just a way to say goodbye to Chadwick Boseman, but also in this movie's theme of accepting, moving on, grieving, all those themes, right? So we we end there with her sort of tearing up on the beach. Then the credits play for a bit, and then we get to the mid-credit scene. Nakia from the side says, "Hey, can we join you now?" And she's got one of the kids with her, and and just sort of like, okay, she's got one of the kids from the school. It seems, can we join you now? And um, you know, they sit down. 
And Nakia basically explains um, that this kid here is actually T'Challa and mine's son. His name is Tsun, and he is... We decided, myself and T'Challa decided that when I was pregnant, that the the pressure of the throne and the pressure of being the son of the Black Panther would be so much uh, that it'd be best if he he grew up away from those things and had a had a, a much easier, more simple childhood. And then when he was of age, we can bring him back and reintroduce all these things and, and all of that. And it's like, okay, timelines are actually adding up. Uh, and then the, the kid speaks up and, you know, leans into Shuri and says, can, I'm told you can keep a secret. And Shuri goes, yeah, I can keep a secret. And she goes, uh, Tosun is my, um, is my Haitian name. name. Yeah. Um, my name is actually T'Challa and I am a prince of Wakanda, just like my father. And that got me because it just made me think like, you know, people were saying to recast T'Challa, which was, I don't think it would have been the right move to recast T'Challa. Especially like no, like not within like next 10, 20 years would it have been would have would have it felt right because of how uh, much to Chadwick Boseman was attached to this role and how much this this character in this movie affected so many people like culturally as well. Um, but to have this moment here where we go, you know, Chadwick Boseman's legacy as T'Challa can can stay intact, and the future can still have their T'Challa in the form of this 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 child's son and we can still get stories and 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 of t'challa the black panther um but also the idea that like you know t'challa is still with us the spirit of the black panther and by extension the spirit of chadwick boseman in a lot of ways is still with us and will still be there to to uh to protect us in the future as well there's something i think quite quite sweet and genuinely quite uh beautiful in a way and is is a very logical way of going about it and it all adds up nakia being the sort of character who would go and live somewhere else of her own accords um you know especially after after t'challa's death t'challa and nakia being romantically inclined in 2018 um and then Nakia being nowhere to be seen until 2025, that that's there's a lot, enough time for her to fall pregnant, uh, give yeah. birth, and and uh, this child to grow up to a certain yeah. age. Like everything kind of yeah. actually yeah. adds up. Kind of, kind of. Wow. Um, okay. Like uh, I, I felt a bit weird that that the mom met the son at one point, and I didn't. Doesn't make any sense to to me at the time because I was thinking about like, because when she meets. Nakia in Haiti, she was like, "Why did she come to the funeral?" But then, I don't think she. I don't think she met Nakia's, the son until then. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say it's like, oh, okay, that's that's what that's when they met the son. That makes sense. Yeah. Now. But yeah, I did. Yeah. So it was even a secret from the family, I think, because yeah, they didn't want anyone to and know I think, because I think yeah, the school children that um, Ramona went ran into at first, one of them was the son, but I could be wrong. Oh, possibly. I'd have to go yeah. back. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. Like, um, I was very teary eyed at this point. So, like, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, my, my vision was blurry for completely different reasons than you. Uh, it, it really something about it affected me, and I think it's because I have such a, a love and connection with these characters and these yeah. stories and the people who portray them. That, like, that sort of that moment there for some reason, I think. 
really got to me um, in a positive way. They weren't like sad tears. They were like sort of those bittersweet, but mostly sweet tears, if you get what I mean, where there's an I air think of so. sadness, but like it also, yeah. Um, I I'm going to say that this is definitely like, you know, top three phase four um, movies. I think the villain was fantastic. Namor's going to be around forever. Uh, well, not forever, but you know, Namor's going to be around for a lot longer. We'll see more of him. Shuri as the Black Panther is fantastic. The supporting cast absolutely brought it. Uh, like the only thing about this movie, I feel like I'm not, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm really uh, upset about, and not even upset at this movie in any ways. Queen Ramonda being dead is that we'll get no more Angela Bassett being fucking amazing, but also her death makes a lot of sense. So it's like I'm not mad. It's just like. Uh, okay, I accept it because it's a good story and I'd rather a character die in a good, meaningful way. But man, I really like Angela Bassett as um, as Queen Ramonda. So overall, I'd say like a solid. Again, I do this all the time. I think this one is genuinely going to stick it to like a, a an eight and a half, nine out of 10 for me. Like it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, You know, nine out of 10 heart-shaped herbs from this from this lad. Maybe, maybe like six or seven for me. Six was so low though for a movie that it's just this, yeah, it's just this too much. I, I just wish I had more time, but yeah, in the hopper, but yeah, um, more time really in the hopper. I think yeah, thanks I for joining us. Uh, before you go, Ashraf, I just want to show you uh, that I got my hands on this. What is oh, Professor Hulk? That's crazy. Yeah, Hot Toys, Professor Hulk. Yeah, I'm scared of how realistic Hot Toys will make neighbors nipple. I hope they don't put hair on it. Goodbye, everyone. Snake Eyes wasn't in the movie, so I was sad. Yeah, Joe. Snake we Eyes. uh, we have to, we have to talk about how you we gotta find a new bit. No, you can't no. just do this one bit forever. That's 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 what that's what will cause me to leave comic thoughts one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's been three fucking years of Snake Eyes, Astro. I can't do it. <laughs> Two decades. Two decades of Snake Eyes. <laughs> Uh, but bye everyone have a wonderful day go see this movie it's worth it um, I mean if you've gotten this far you've probably already seen it or you didn't care about spoilers go see this movie it's really good yeah go see it again <laughs> doodles bye. bye Ashraf left before I stopped recording I'm still here um hmm hmm I um, I was gonna press stop, but he just disappeared before I could end the recording. So like, I didn't realize people could leave halfway through. I mean, I guess it makes sense people could leave without the recording stopping. So um, yeah, I love I love this movie. Um, there's so much about this movie that I that that, that I loved. Um, the Dora Oh, uh, the, the the music in this, by the way. Uh, I think his name's Ludwig. Um, off the top of my head, he also does like the music for the Mandalorian. Uh, he is probably one of my favorite music producers going at the moment. He's fantastic, and this score was no different. Um, you know, everything felt unique and interesting. Uh, the the use of old music combined with new music was fantastic. Uh, I'm using this time now just to talk about things that I didn't have a chance to before. Um, I uh, yeah. Oh, the action in this was also wicked. We talked about how cool Namor was. The way he flew around in like Wakanda, like it was like he was stepping on air almost. Like the way his like his feet were almost like because the, the wings were in his feet, it was almost like he was walking and running on air sometimes. You know, um, 
like it takes a, a special kind of man to be able to pull off some of the the jewelry he was wearing too like you know the the nose ring it looked a, it looks it's a, it, like it's very much traditional and but to my taste it's a bit much but on Namor for some reason as I'm watching it I'm like no he makes it work he really does make it make it all work he does look so cool um yeah uh I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's anything we missed now that Ashraf has uh disappeared on me But I don't think there is anything we missed. I think we covered it all. Riri was great in this. I loved her. Ao was Ao. I think Ao ended up being the new leader of the Dora Milaje. I think that was Ao, because uh, Okoye was removed because she lost Shuri. Ramanda was amazing. Killmonger's appearance was awesome. Like any any excuse to see um, Michael B. Jordan without a shirt is uh uh a, a, you don't need an excuse. You're just like you want to see Michael B. Jordan without a shirt. Here you go. But he also worked really well in the film. Uh, the fight between oh the fight between Shuri and Namor uh, was was brutal. Um, Shuri leaving scars all over Namor's body, like cuts and and scratches and blood everywhere. Namor straight up shoved his spear through Shuri's gut at one point, and there was a portion of the audience I think who thought Shuri was going to die. <laughs> like they thought, oh, were they just going to kill her whole family? Is this a movie where Namor wins? Um, Namor got to say Imperious Rex. Oh, that's another thing. Um, I'll actually grab the figure for this. Namor typically uses a trident because we associate tridents with like Poseidon and the ocean and therefore uh, fishermen. But he had a spear in this, um, which I think makes way more sense, especially for someone who fights underwater. Because the thing about a trident is because it's got those three prongs and that wide sort of wing shape. Underwater, it's not very, you know, it's not very hydrodynamic. A spear, which is just a long shaft, you know, stabbing, that's way better for someone who fights on who can fight underwater. Um no like yeah, that's that's way better. And also I think probably a lot more uh, culturally uh accurate, I wanna say. Like I said, I'm not that familiar when it comes to uh those kinds of cultures. Um so I'm I'm just gonna take my hands off and go, it looks real cool. I thought the fact they implemented that stuff was awesome. And yeah, I definitely I actually cried. Like I actually did cry. There were tears, you know, I was wiping my face as I was watching the final mid credit scene being like, <laughs> oh, like the whole time. So yeah, uh, it's good. Go watch it. Bye. I'm so bad at outros. Like whenever I do my let's plays, I, I, like, 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 I was playing my Transformer stuff, which by the way is coming back. Don't worry. There's a reason why it's gone high hiatus. Just haven't mentioned it anywhere. Uh, it's on hiatus for a reason. You'll see more of it if you were watching those Transformers Devastation playthrough things. They're coming back. Don't worry. Just, just, just hold on. There'll be more. But uh, I've always been really bad at outros. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish talking. I'm going to finish this this current sentence, and then I'm just going to stop the video. Where's the stop button? There it is.